going on? Matt Savoka here from Awesomeo.com, bringing you the Week 15 Main Slate DraftKings Top Plays. We're going to go position by position, breaking down the optimal lineup plays for this slate here. It's been a wild one. Over 100 people placed on the COVID-19 list this week. We've had two games moved from the Sunday main slate to Tuesday at this point. And we should mention, I am recording this on Friday afternoon Eastern time. So the postponements, they've happened already. Washington and Philadelphia, that's moving to Tuesday. Uh, Seattle and the LA Rams, that's moving to Tuesday. So. Those players are not going to be on the board here today, but still keep your eyes on awesomeo.com and on the YouTube channel so that you always know what breaking news occurs because this week has been wild. I guarantee you there will be more. And while you're at it, go ahead and like this video, subscribe to the channel so that you always know when we're going live. And if you could give me, Matt Savoka, a follow on Twitter at Draftaholic, that would be much appreciated. We'd also like to thank our presenting sponsor, No House Advantage. No House Advantage is offering player props contests for all major sports leagues, and you can win real cash prizes. Use promo code AWESOMO for a first match deposit bonus up to $25. Okay, guys, let's dig into this one. We've got all the defenses on the screen, and you shouldn't be surprised seeing that there's a little bit of ambivalence as to which defense you choose here. We've got at least 10 teams with a between 4% and a 10% chance of being in the optimal lineup. Not surprising to see the Dolphins at that number one spot. Hey, they're playing the Jets. Let's list it, let's list it 10 through one real quick. The Cardinals defense at number 10, Texans at number nine, Packers at number seven, Steelers at number six, Broncos at number five, Cowboys number four, Bills at number three, and the Jaguars. <laughs> Home favorites against the Texans without a coach. Well, with an interim head coach. They're number two. The Dolphins are number one facing the Jets in the optimal lineup. 10 for 0.4% of times. And they are over 25 fantasy points in nearly 5% of our simulations. That's pretty impressive. Let's get on to the other positions. Okay, starting with the tight ends. Number five is Dalton Schultz of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, the target share has been up and down for Dalton Schultz, but what do you expect when you're playing on an offense with CeeDee Lamb and with Amari Cooper? And they didn't really need the passing game last week. They had that game against Washington locked up early on. Still, Dalton Schultz is getting to over 25 fantasy points on DraftKings in 6.2% of our simulations. Yes, he's a tight end. There's still a ton of volatility when it comes to tight ends in general, but as a 10.5 point favorite, this week at the New York Giants, you could say that he has a really, really solid floor and that 4,900 salary, that's appetizing as well. A 10 point median projection at the tight end position is nothing to scoff at. That's why he's number five. At number four, it's Kyle Pitts. And Kyle Pitts has had a great season for rookies at the tight end position, especially, but for fantasy purposes, he has underwhelmed, especially when you consider the opportunity has actually been there. He's had a 20% target share this season in the Atlanta Falcons passing game and had 30% of the team's air yards. He's even had four end zone targets, but 
defenses are keying in on pits in the red zone and so we have not seen the production that matches that level of opportunity pits and the falcons are eight point underdogs against the san francisco 49ers still pits has a solid ceiling score in his range of outcomes he's getting to over 25 fantasy points in 11.6 percent of our latest simulations and he's in the optimal lineup 4.5 excuse me 5.4 percent of the time you're not surprised seeing that even at a 5500 salary which is getting up there at the tight end position getting 11 points is something you really want at least from a median projection you still could see a solid ceiling game here pitts is a great run back if you're stacking up the 49ers this weekend Number three, it's Zach Ertz, and this Arizona Cardinals receiving core has definitely been shaken up this week with DeAndre Hopkins going down for the rest of the regular season with a knee injury. And while the wide receivers like AJ Green and Christian Kirk are certainly going to be called upon, so is tight end acquisition Zach Ertz, who's been utilized heavily since being traded from the Philadelphia Eagles to Arizona. He's had 19, excuse me, 18% of the team's targets since week 10. And and 16% of the team's air yards. That's pretty solid. And third on the target totem pole for this team. You could see some red zone targets going his way, especially against Detroit, where they are 13 point favorites on the road. This is the number 13 offense via PFF's grades versus the number 31 defense. A clear advantage for the Arizona offense. And that running back core is all sorts of beat up. So I'm leaning on the Arizona passing game. I'm not surprised to see Zach Ertz getting more than 25 fantasy points in 19% of our simulations. At number two, it's George Kittle. And George Kittle has been breaking slates as of late in week 14. He had 15 targets, catching 13, and ultimately ending up with 151 receiving yards. That was after a 181 receiving yard game against Seattle in week 13 on nine catches, no less. Kittle is absolutely not a point-chasey play against Atlanta this week as eight-point favorites. The San Francisco offense is graded very highly via PFF, number four in the NFL right now. I think that's a little overly bullish, but Atlanta's defense, they are bad. They are 27th in team defensive grades, and Kittle, especially because of what he can do after the catch, has a unique ceiling on this slate. Over 25 fantasy points in a third of our simulations. I'm I'm actually surprised to see him only in the optimal lineup 12% of the time. That likely has to do with his pretty high 7,500 salary, but it is worth getting up to Kittle, especially if you're making multiple lineups this weekend. He looks great for a tight end play this Sunday. Number one at the tight end position, we are once again targeting the New York Jets defense, the absolute worst defense in the NFL by almost any statistical measure. And because the Miami offense is depleted, especially in the receiving core, they're not going to have Jalen Waddle this weekend. That means Mike Gusecki will likely be called upon to have even more targets than he's seen as of late. He had 11 targets last week, but I will say there is some volatility in his opportunity this season. He had three targets the week before that. We've literally seen him put up zero fantasy points in the second half of the season, or, or, or in a game, I should say, in the second half of the season. But still, 
the odds of getting double digit fantasy points are really, really high, especially when you consider the salary based expectations for a 5,000 salary tight end. Gaseki looks excellent. He even has over 25 fantasy points in a solid 18% of our simulations. It really is that pay down option here that you're looking for that Gaseki fits the bill perfectly. And that's why he's showing up in the optimal lineup 16% of the time. Moving right along to the wide receiver position, we'll start at number five, Gabriel Davis, wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. That 3,700 salary is appealing, especially when you consider Emmanuel Sanders is not going to be active for this game. And there has been some fluctuation when it comes to Cole Beasley versus Dawson Knox. No fluctuation in the target share for Stefan Diggs so far this season. So on the outside, opposite of Diggs, the Bills are going to need someone to step up here. Enter Gabriel Davis, who is already seeing more of a target share in this offense in the weeks leading up to this. So as 10-point favorites at home against the Carolina Panthers, Josh Allen expected to play here. I know the total isn't particularly high, 43.5, but on this crazy slate where there's no total above 48, 43.5 is just fine. I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Bills are right at league average in terms of PFF grades offensively. You know that their ceiling is significantly higher here. Davis doesn't have a huge ceiling himself, only 25 fantasy points over in about 4% of our simulations, but still a 3,700 salary player with over 10 point median projection. You are going to need value plays like this. Gabriel Davis is an absolutely great option for you. At number four, it's in that same game, DJ Moore. Now, DJ Moore had 84 receiving yards last week. Robbie Anderson, his teammate, had 84 receiving yards last week. It's just that Anderson gets in the end zone, obviously has a better fantasy day because of it. Moore is still the clear number one receiver on the Carolina Panthers. He's had 10 targets in two straight games. In fact, he's had at least seven targets in every single game this season. He is the perfect runback option if you can get up to a 6K salary. I know the quarterback position is in flux. We don't know if Cam Newton is going to get benched again, but still DJ Moore is hitting a ceiling in a lot of our simulations, over 25 fantasy points in nearly 30% of our sims, and he's under 10 fantasy points in just above 20%. That's really solid for a wide receiver, which has natural volatility when you simulate a lot of games here anyway. I'm not surprised to see DJ Moore in the optimal lineup 16% of the time. He is a really solid play as a one-off or, as I said, as a run back if playing the Bills. At number three, it's Sterling Shepard. Now, his 4,700 salary, not quite as low as, say, a Gabriel Davis, but I think you could say his median projection is solidly higher than a player like Davis. He could, Shepard could easily be the number one option on his team rest of season. In fact, even though he's a slot receiver for the most part, that might be a good thing against this Dallas Cowboys defense because he won't be seeing the absolute best of their cornerbacks when playing from the slot. Surprised to see that Shepard is getting 25 fantasy points in 26% of our simulations. Yes, Mike Glennon is starting. Yes, the Giants are an absolute mess in terms of injuries and in terms of production on the field offensively, but go to oddshopper.com on Osmo and look at Mike Lennon's props compared to our projections. Look at Sterling Shepard's props compared to, to our projections. We are just way, way higher on this team 
than the prop lines suggest. So we are going to lean into that projection just a little bit. I think Sterling Shepard could easily have 65 yards and a touchdown in this spot against Dallas. Number two, it's Devontae Adams. And now with Cooper Cup's game moved to Tuesday night, no longer on the main slate, Devontae Adams becomes the clear spend up option at the wide receiver position. 8,900 on DraftKings, especially with the way the running back position is playing out this week. That's absolutely fine. We can get there this weekend for Devontae Adams. Playing the Baltimore Ravens, who traditionally have a very, very strong secondary, not so much this year. They've had a ton of injuries, and while they do have solid players in the secondary still, like Anthony Everett, they don't have enough pieces to cover a player like Devontae Adams, especially not for four quarters. This is the number nine offense versus the number 19 defense. In schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers, Baltimore is 26th in the NFL. That's one of the worst teams in the NFL. Devontae Adams has a rock-solid 22-point medium projection and gets over 25 fantasy points nearly 52% of the time. He is an excellent, excellent, maybe even the best skill position option this weekend on the main slate. That's why he comes in at number two in the optimal lineup nearly 20% of the time. And number one, come on down, top option from the Miami Dolphins. That's three straight positions where we've seen a Miami Dolphins pick at the top in our optimal lineups. Uh, that has to do with their opponent more than anything else. When you're playing the Jets, and we can easily project you for a solid target share because of Jalen Waddle's absence, Devontae Parker at 4,300 in salary is going to look like the best wide receiver bet on the slate when you compare his projection to salary based expectations he just looks so good as a value play again the jets are terrible defensively i'm surprised to see them at 31st right now in pff's defensive grade because in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed they are by far the worst nfl defense they're barely an nfl defense uh, we hope that gets better next year but for dfs purposes we are going to be exploiting that for the rest of the season parker of all people has over 25 fantasy points in nearly 29% of our simulations. Yeah, he could get under 10 fantasy points. He's a wide receiver, and we know Devontae Parker's volatility is legendarily high. He's getting under 10 fantasy points in a fifth of our simulations, but he's in the optimal lineup a quarter of the time. He looks like such a solid bet this Sunday. At number five, Eli Mitchell, and I won't spend too much time here because I am concerned that Eli Mitchell will be ruled out of this one, but if he's in, if he's in, you'll definitely want to get a piece of him. The passing game looks really strong for San Francisco, but Eli Mitchell's projected opportunity in this plus matchup against a very porous Atlanta Falcons defense looks too good to pass up. We're going to need some value running backs here, and 6,200 is right around the spot where I'm starting to pay attention to the running back position here. Mitchell, because of that projected workload, could easily see 20 to 25 opportunities. Again, if healthy, if healthy, could get 25 fantasy points. 28% of our simulations show him doing just that. He is a middling play, especially if he's active, but they say he's going to be limited. But I may still have him in tournaments. That's why he comes in at number five in 12% of our optimal lineups. Number four, it's Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley just doesn't have the same juice, it looks like, at least on film to me, that he's had in previous seasons when healthy, and the numbers bear that out. In yards created per touch, he's good, not great, 17th in the NFL at 3.3. In 
uh, in juke rate, evaded tackles per touch. He's 20th in the NFL. Good, not great. In total evaded tackles, he's 29th in the NFL. Good, not great. In yards per touch, he's in the 40s among running backs. Still on this slate with depleted running back options. We're just looking for running backs who could break one who look like they are going to get 20 touches here. And Saquon Barkley, despite a bad matchup, has 10 plus point underdogs against the Dallas Cowboys. Looks like he is in line for roughly 20, maybe even 25 total opportunities here from Mike Lennon. Saquon Barkley is still getting over 25 fantasy points 39% of the time. That's, I think, a little bullish for me, but a quarter of our simulations also show him getting under 10 fantasy points. I think that's also very fair. Again, in this week where we don't have clear options at running back, we can definitely start a player like Barkley, but there's nothing that really stands out saying he's a must-play option. Still, he comes in at number four on our top running back rankings. Number three, DeAndre Swift. Unfortunately, another player who by the time when you watch this video may have already been ruled out. I very much hope I'm wrong because I love watching DeAndre Swift play. In terms of targets this season, even with all the time he's missed, he's fourth in total targets. And even though the Detroit Lions never reach the red zone, he's still top 25 in red zone touches. This is a player who doesn't have to utilize rushing touches in order to get there in fantasy. Fourth in the NFL among running backs in receiving, and he's really, really solid once he gets the ball. 15th in total evaded touches, 25th in evaded tackles per touch. That 6,300 salary is good, not great. The obvious part that we don't like here is that he's 13 and a half point underdog against the Arizona Cardinals here. This is the number 26 offense in the NFL versus the number 21 defense. Still, because of that receiving upside, we're seeing DeAndre Swift float into the optimal lineup 15% of the time. At number two, yet another player who is in danger of missing this slate entirely. Yes, keep your eyes peeled on Osmo.com because we could end up having a free square running back from the Arizona Cardinals. We could have three active running backs if they end up activating Chase Edmonds from IR, and we could also see Eno Benjamin mix in. But if James Conner is in as usual, which I see is a little bit of a long shot at this point on Friday afternoon, he is a great play in our projections. He grades out very, very well compared to salary-based expectations. At 6,400, I'm going to have a ton of James Conner in this very, very plus matchup. 13 and a half point favorites in a solid high total game, especially for this slate. 47 and a half is primo. That's excellent. This is the number 13 offense versus the number 31 defense in the NFL. And yeah, James Conner is getting to 25 fantasy points in over 40% of our Sims. He's in the optimal lineup a fifth of the time. The issue is, will he play or won't he? If he's in, he's an excellent play. If he's out, it's possible that Chase Edmonds becomes a free square in his first game back from injured reserve. And at number one, James Robinson. Daryl Bevel, the interim head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, immediately praised James Robinson, calling him their number one back. And Carlos Hyde, the backup running back, has already been ruled out with a concussion or in the concussion protocol, I should add. So James Robinson, median projection of over 20 fantasy points and a salary of under 5,500. You can probably just stop there with the analysis, but we're looking at a player who easily could get over 15, maybe over 20 touches 
Jacksonville surprising home favorites this week. That is a rarity for a 2-11 and 11 team here. And there's no competition in the backfield so long as he's able to play. If James Robinson isn't available, I mean, once again, the slate gets tossed on its head. We've already had it happen multiple times this week already. We could see some Dare Ogunbowale mix in, but where I'll be pivoting is actually to the Jacksonville Jaguars passing game at that point. I'll be moving down the list on the optimal lineups and at that point, that's probably a stay away option for the Jaguars backfield. But once again, if Robinson is in, he looks like by far the best value on the slate. You're going to want a ton of him. He was in the optimal, in the optimal lineup in this run nearly 50% of the time. Finally, the quarterback position, number five, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo at 5,800. Yeah, that looks pretty good, especially considering the fact that the running back room is in flux. We don't know who we're gonna get. Is it Eli Mitchell? Is Jermichael Hasty gonna play? We don't know. So why don't we lean on the passing game instead? We got rock solid options in George Kittle and Debo Samuel. So why not play the quarterback as well? This is the number four offense versus the number 27 defense. Garoppolo is getting over 25 fantasy points in nearly 40% of our simulations. Rock solid floor, ceiling, good matchup, good salary. What else do you need here? He is in the optimal lineup 5% of the time, coming in at number five. At number four, it's Dak Prescott. And Prescott really isn't using his legs as much as he used to this season, but he still has such a high ceiling just because of the offense he plays within and the weapons he has on the outside. When you have CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Dalton Schultz, and Michael Gallup, you are bound to have big days. And even though he's only scored, or excuse me, passed for 211 passing yards and 238 the week before that, you know that that 375-yard passing game like he had on Thanksgiving against Las Vegas is absolutely in this team's range of outcomes as 10-point favorites against the New York Giants. I really like Dak Prescott's salary at 6,500, especially considering he's got over that 20-point median projection. That's something I really like to see. Ceiling is really solid as well, getting over 25 fantasy points in over 45% of our simulations the distribution of optimal lineup percentages for quarterbacks is very very flat look on the left side here right above my face if you're watching on youtube we're seeing dak prescott in six percent of the optimal lineups that's just a single percentage more than jimmy garoppolo but i still think that prescott is a significantly better play and worth paying up for compared to the rest of the group at number three, it's Kyler Murray. Here is the payup option that definitely makes some sense. With the wide receiver core in flux with DeAndre Hopkins out and the running back room in flux because James Conner and Chase Edmonds' availability is unknown at this point on Friday afternoon, why not lean on the certainty of Kyler Murray, especially when he can get it done through the air and with his legs. Last two weeks, over 100 yards rushing and he had 383 yards passing last week. So even in a losing situation he could be absolutely fine from a fantasy standpoint they shouldn't be losing this week however as 13 point favorites against detroit look for murray and the cardinals to control this one from start to finish if you can get up to that 7900 salary it makes a ton of sense you don't even need to stack with kyler murray this week it still probably makes a good idea to uh, it's probably a good idea to do so in tournaments but you don't have to because he can get there with his legs a really, really solid 64.8% of the time. He's getting over 25 fantasy points. That's why you see that big jump. He's in the optimal lineup 9% of the time. 
at number two, Josh Allen. Josh Allen is coming in in slightly more lineups as the optimal quarterback play. And I'm surprised to see that because he is slightly more salary and has a slightly less appealing matchup against the Carolina Panthers. I guess you could argue that Allen and the Bills may be in a more competitive game, maybe even a more fast paced game, which could lead to them passing even more. Allen does have a foot injury. There isn't much of a concern that he's going to miss this game, but it does possibly limit what he can do as a rusher. Still, in two-thirds of our simulations, he is getting over 25 fantasy points. Not surprising when he has a 24.6 median fantasy point projection this week. And the floor is significantly higher than players like Murray or those on the list below Murray as well. He's getting under 10 fantasy points in just 7% of our simulations. That's because Allen typically can get things done with his legs. Maybe that's a little bit more if you adjust it for the rushing upside that he doesn't have this week. But still, against Carolina, a below average defense via PFF grades, Allen could easily break the slate with a 30 plus point score. At number one, it's a Miami Dolphins player. Can you believe it? In all but one of our positions, the Dolphins have taken the top spot. Tua Tagovailoa, quarterback for the Dolphins. He's getting a 20.6 median projection right now, and he's over 25 fantasy points. It's about a coin flip chance. 49.4% of our Sims currently have him getting there. He's leading the number 25 offense in the NFL. Not spectacular. And they're missing their number one option in rookie receiver Jalen Waddle. But with Devontae Parker, with Mike Gusecki, and with Miles Gaskin activated from the COVID-19 list at the end of this week, they should have enough firepower to get past that putrid New York Jets defense. 32nd in the NFL in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed tied for last in D PFFs defensive grades here with the Detroit Lions. This is a bad, bad defense, and Miami is in a great spot as over touchdown favorites. Tagovailoa has not been the most efficient passer, but all we really need is, you know, 23, 24 fantasy points for him to pay off at his salary, and the matchup couldn't be better. He is a great value option that helps you get up to those top-tier skill position players. That's why he's in the optimal lineup 12% of the time. Right, folks, that is going to do it. Thanks for watching this top plays video for the crazy week 15 main slate. I'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, No House Advantage. Make sure to download the app or go over to NoHouseAdvantage.com and use promo code OSMO for a first match deposit bonus. If you're looking for the FanDuel version of this video, it's on this channel somewhere. And go ahead and like this video, subscribe to the channel so that you always know when we're going live, and go ahead and comment below which of these picks were your favorite favorite your least favorite which one was most wrong by the time you saw it because the slate has already been turned on its head due to injuries once again i always like to know we will be back on sunday night for the sunday night football top plays until then i'm matt saboka from awesomeo.com we'll talk to you guys next time